Can I just say, it's the holidays, let's fall apart. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. They're our friends. They're your friends at this point. They're my friends, too. Yeah, you sound so uncertain. You gotta... Be like, I'm, I'm, hey, friends, what's going on? I'm actually trying for something different every time. I was thinking maybe next time I'll be sexy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm really excited to hear that. Also, that's going to be our in-person episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> um, welcome to Pickles and Vodka, the mental health podcast where imperfect people have imperfect conversations. I'm Christina. And I'm Lauren. So today, we're really excited to bring you a topic of my choice. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, next week, we're going to be recording in person in Lauren's new apartment in St. Louis. Yes. And we're both super (laughs) excited. We got on a few minutes earlier, and we were talking about the plans, and it kind of just hit me like, oh, this is real. This is happening. Yeah. It's less than a week. Less than a week away. So yeah, let's get this out of the way before we dive into the topic. If you don't follow us on Instagram, follow us because you're going to want to over the next few days. <laughs> yes. Uh, Lauren, what's our handle? The fact that you have to pause makes me nervous. I, I'm so used to always having to say the Twitter one. I'm like, Twitter is without and. Oh, that's <laughs> fair. That's I'm just trying I to get you involved. You know, this is I a know. partnership. I mean... I, I always respond. Well, okay. I don't always, but I at least like them. <laughs> Everyone, go follow Pickles and Vodka Podcast on Instagram. Uh, in the next few days, we're going to be posting questions to our stories. So you can type in whatever question you want, and we will answer them when we record in person. It's going to be so much fun. Ask us anything. <laughs> yeah, ask us anything. It can be mental health related. You know, anything goes. Obviously, we're not yeah. shy about talking about how fucked up we are. But it doesn't have to be mental health related. No. Ask us to talk about our most damaging childhood memory. That's mental health related, Lauren. Oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> It could be uh, like our favorite pizza flavor or like... Or what's Lauren's next dog going to be? <laughs> Are you thinking of getting another dog? Well, no, I'm only thinking of it in like a tragic way because, you know, when I start thinking like, I'm going to outlive Pico, <laughs> then my immediate thought is like, what What am I going to do next? I'm going to need another dog. <laughs> That's still a very heavy question. <laughs> well, the, the next dog part is, is happy to think about. But we don't want to think about Pico going anywhere. Well, I have to get the next dog first, because otherwise I would be too... I'd be too... See, he knows that we're talking about him, unless that was Meatball. Uh, No, that was, of course, Meatball. (laughs) So I will get into my week and how fucking batshit crazy it's been. But um, my mom is having her birthday party tomorrow at our apartment... Oh, and <laughs> that we, is crazy. We have this big box full of pots and pans and shelves that we haven't unpacked yet since we moved in September 1st. And so we unpacked it today and now I have it in front of the office door so Fang can't come oh. in. <laughs> okay. So when I opened the door earlier to go to the bathroom, he was just sitting in the box, like looking up at the door. <laughs> it was really sad. But Aww. also, it works. I can't have that shit around here when we're trying to be professional. Yeah, my, my space is unfortunately too open. I would have to actually like shut Meatball in a room, and I think that would 
cause way more harm than just letting it run around. Oh yeah, I've gone that route. It, it <laughs> yeah. does not work. No. <laughs> um, I'm going to be talking about my feelings a lot in this episode. So okay. I wanted to ask how you're doing first. I feel like I haven't talked to you all week. I haven't talked to anyone. Yeah, okay. I have been having a mix of rough times and just plain stressful, not necessarily bad. It's the time of year for that. Yeah. I know I, I texted you about this a little bit, but something that was really rough that happened a couple weeks ago is, so I see this dietitian and she's been kind of great while I have a whole mess of terrible therapy experiences because she kind of doubles as half therapist. So she was starting at a new business. She let me know a long time before she started. She was just like, the main thing is, you know, you're going to have to like contact me through them. I'm going to have a different email. I'm going to have like different, because we have virtual appointments, different Zoom links. She's like, that's pretty much all that should change. So I hear from the, this other group and they're like, you have to call us in order to keep your scheduled appointment. It's like, okay. Like every time? No, just the first time. Okay. And she thought that it was just like, oh, they probably just need, you know, like some, some basic forms. She's like, I think they have like a HIPAA form for you. I was like, all right, that makes sense. No, I call and they're like, we don't have her insurance credentials all straightened out yet. So if you want to keep your appointment, you, you're you just going to have to pay out of pocket for now. What? Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> Fuck. I know. The completely uh, opposite of sympathetic is what I was running into on the phone because I even said, I was like, well, I'm on a sliding scale. What what do I do about that? Yeah. And she's like, Oh, I don't know. She's like, I guess I can talk to like a supervisor and see, but I, you probably have to pay out of pocket and we don't know when we're going to get this insurance stuff straightened out. So it could be oh a bit. God, are you serious? Like, Thanks. Yeah. I fucking hate how hard it is just mm-hmm. to talk to someone, like just to receive like basic care. And the fact that that, exactly. I, it's not even basic care in this country. Like I... At this point in my life, I don't know a lot of people in my immediate circle that can't afford therapy or have health insurance to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. you do, and you're still running into these roadblocks. And it just makes me so mad. And like her and I, we see each other every week and we'd already had to schedule like three weeks out because we couldn't, you know, make the Thanksgiving week work, which makes sense. Right. And so then I had to miss that one, the next one scheduled. So I haven't seen her in like five weeks. Oh my God. How's your mental health doing in light of that? Um, not fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've, I've talked about this a lot other than just on the one episode that I guested on but I've had really bad luck with therapists ghosting me and just leaving and firing me so even though this isn't her fault I'm just like it activated a lot of shit (laughs) yeah you're like of course this happens everyone leaves me I'm always Mm going to be disappointed so why even try yeah no one can make the time for me I get it I'm not that important so yeah oh my (laughs) god totally been going down all that (laughs) you have no idea how much I can relate to that and like how relevant that is to the topic that I've chosen. Oh boy. (laughs) Okay. So I'll preface this with saying this time of year in the past, I've usually tried to make episodes about being strong through the holidays and surviving the holidays because it's a rough time of year. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like people need all the encouragement they can get. This is, you know, one of the last episodes of the year. And so, yeah. I was going to come at this topic with something more positive, Mm -hmm. 
But Lauren, I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> but instead. <laughs> I'm so tired of being strong for the holidays. Yeah. And just in general. I'm tired of being strong. I'm tired of trying to be positive. Oh, I understand that so much. And I think everyone feels that way. Yeah, because again, you said, you know, like, this is what you usually try to do. It's kind of like what you feel like people need. But I feel like that's the thing for me is I've heard it so many times and I've tried so many times. I'm just like, I can't anymore. Can I just say it's the holidays? Let's fall apart. Yes, it's the holidays. Let's fucking fall (laughs) apart. Well, that's what I've been doing, coincidentally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what have you been up to? I know you said you've had a stressful, hard week. So I I don't know what it is. I mean, I kind of do, which we'll talk about. But I have Mm -hmm. been kind of a mess this week. Over the last few weeks, I've kind of talked about stretching myself too thin on the weekends Mm -hmm. and, you know, showing up for people like my family. And every week I've seen this pattern of just my mental health slowly declining Uh um, because of that. And shocker, this week I kind of fell apart. I've just been like crying every single day. And the smallest things are, like, just making me fall into this, like, catatonic, depressive state. And so I wanted to talk about vulnerability. Good. So (laughs) this is something that we have talked about until we're blue in the face Mm -hmm. on this podcast. But I think it's good to touch base every now and then and ask ourselves, like, what is vulnerability to me and why is it so important and it's been really hard for me to be vulnerable yeah. this week. It's been really hard. I've been trying to reach out to people and like I have this roadblock every time I, I start to text someone or like talk to someone. And I never thought I was the kind of person to struggle with that because, mm-hmm. you know, this podcast. And yeah. like, <laughs> I, I'm generally pretty good about talking to people about how I'm doing, but I have not been doing that this week. It's like the worst my depression gets and the worst my anxiety gets, the more I isolate and just... Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you understand completely. Yeah, I struggled really hard um, for most of my life being vulnerable at all. I pretty much like to just keep hanging on to it all in my little cage inside me. But I feel, yeah, like actually going through like a shitload of therapy and stuff like that, that I had improved on that and that I had gotten better, but I under, like, I feel the same thing as then it goes in cycles. It's suddenly just like, ah, nope, I'm just going to go right back to where it's all mine and you can't have it. So, Lauren... Yes. What do you think of when you hear the word vulnerable? Scary. Yeah. (laughs) If it's word association, the first thing I do is get scared. Yep. Uh, That is accurate. It is scary. I think it's kind of become somewhat of a buzzword. Yes. Also, (laughs) you know, like, oh, feeling vulnerable. Yeah. Thanks, Brene Brown. Yeah, and, and it's great that people are talking mm-hmm. about it more, but I think there's also this pressure to be vulnerable all the time. And then it's like, am I being vulnerable or am I being performative? Because people oh. expect me to, you know, spill my guts at this point. I don't know. That's a good point. But yes, I, I agree. Like, you can't just be vulnerable just to the point of like, I'm going to lay everything out there all the time. Never yeah. hold anything back. Yeah. Um, we're going to get into that. I just wanted to hear right off the bat, like, what you thought of. When you heard the word, I'm going to share something that I wrote yesterday when I was going through a really hard time. And then we can like use that as a launching pad to start all these other conversations. Yes. And something funny is when you said that, I thought of something that I wrote last week 
that I might <gasps> might be willing to share in light of the conversation. Lauren, <laughs> we are being vulnerable here. I know. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh my God, should I read that? Well, I'm afraid <laughs> to read it, to be honest. Like, I thought about posting it on my Finstagram and I couldn't even do that. I was like, I, I guess I could read it on the podcast because at least then it's not going to be on the line in writing. And it's funny because mine is something that I wrote and I felt like I felt like I held back when we talked about like, where are you at la- last week? Oh, I do that all the time. Like, yeah. I almost felt so guilty that I was like, I feel like I should somehow post this. I owe it to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I wanted to make this episode. Because like you said, we are vulnerable here. That's at least, We're always trying. Or we try. To be, we're trying. Yeah. That's all we're doing. We're just yeah. trying. Like, all you can do is try. And mm-hmm. I, I do feel like as we move forward with the podcast, I do want to always be pushing ourselves to be vulnerable because mm-hmm. uh, we owe it to everyone. Yeah. So um, with that said, this is what yes. I wrote yesterday. So I had a really shitty day yesterday. It was just like, I don't know. And that's the thing. Nothing really bad happened. It was just Mm -hmm. like I started out the day in a terrible mood. And then there was just like this dark vibe at work. I just felt like everyone was in a bad mood. And then my anxiety Mm. was like, it's your fault. No one wants to talk to you. You know, I would try to make jokes and stuff because that's what I do. And Mm -hmm. when people don't (laughs) respond to that, it's just like, oh, everyone hates me even more now. Yeah. <laughs> and then Brett was late picking me up and, you know, he feels <laughs> terrible about that. But I was just waiting outside and just like trying not to cry. And all I wanted to do was go home oh. and just like get in bed and lose consciousness until after the holidays. So oh. I wrote this while I was sitting waiting for my ride. Okay. So I feel overlooked and ignored by everyone in my life, even though I know that people love me and that this isn't the case. But all I do is bend over backwards to accommodate everyone else, and when I inevitably break, there's no one around to talk to about it, because how could I possibly bother people who are obviously going through worse times than me? There's no way to feel better right now. I feel like I'm driving myself crazy all over again, and there isn't a good reason this time. Maybe there never was. Maybe I'm just fucked in the head and not meant for this world. Maybe there's no way I will ever be happy unless I'm on meds. And that's a scary thought, but even scarier is the thought that meds won't help that things will just keep being exactly the same and I'll always be miserable. But I can't think like that because thinking like that will not only not make things better, but it will also make things far worse for me in the meantime. At least that's what I tell myself to keep myself from being in a far darker place. You see, I'm trying to like steer it towards like positive Even Mm -hmm. in my own intimate journal entry, I wasn't even sure I was going to share this. I was like trying to paint it in a positive light. Like that's how Uh deep this this toxic positivity goes. Um, (laughs) But then I steer it back. So I say, how do I help myself? How do I reconcile myself to the fact that everyone is alone and that nobody really cares at the end of the day? Everyone is so busy trying to survive in this fucked up world, looking out for number one, just like I am. At the end of the day, I am just like everyone else, selfish, or rather self-absorbed, trapped in a bubble of suffering. It all feels so hopeless, and I hate myself for being part of it. And that's kind of where my headspace was. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it just felt so hopeless in that moment. I just felt like nothing was going to change. And, like, I gotta be honest, like, I've been thinking about self-harm again this week. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, the urges are coming back, and I really don't like it, but I don't know how to stop it, because it all feels so hopeless. 
Yeah, I kind of, I mean, even before you said that, I kind of felt that and I wasn't sure if you were going to say like you were dealing with stronger urges or, you know, in light of our last topic, things that you might call a lapse. Yeah. <laughs> like if something had actually manifested or if it just, you know, like was on your mind all the time. But I felt like I was like, yeah, I can tell like you're in that headspace. Yeah. And the thing is, like, it, like I wrote about, it's nothing bad that happened. Like my life is pretty mm -hmm. good. I, I did talk to my mom and I did talk to my partner and they, you know, they're both very concerned and telling me, look at the things you have in your life. Things will get better. And I'm like, I know that mm -hmm. my life is great. I know that I've come so far. I know mm -hmm. that I have the capability to be happy, but this is in my brain. I yeah. don't know how to escape my brain. That's why I've turned to drugs in the past, just to get out of this brain. And like, in the absence of drugs, like I have been doing a pretty good job of not relying too heavily on drugs this week. Mm -hmm. Too heavily, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I've noticed that I've been disassociating and just numbing myself the fuck out. It, it's almost like my body is is making those drugs like naturally. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> so it's so fucking weird. Like last night I felt like I took Benadryl, but I didn't. <laughs> I was just so, you know, fucking tired and just not having yeah. it. But yeah, it it sucks and it's it's hard for me to talk about that because I feel like I don't have a solution. Like I don't mm -hmm. know what the point of this is except I'm trying to be more vulnerable. And it's hard. Uh, so do you want to hear what I got from all that? Please. You're reading it? <laughs> I feel like I've been talking forever. Well, it it just really actually made me really sad when I thought of it. Because I realized um, for the first half, I wrote down things I think that I was like feelings that I was getting. And I have like hopeless, scared, responsible. Mm. And I felt like the overall tone of that, of all of those is, you know, you're feeling all those things and you felt guilty for all having all of those feelings. And the only yeah. time the guilt lifted is when you started calling yourself self-absorbed and selfish. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. I didn't even think about it like that, but <laughs> it's, it's true. I do feel guilty just for being the way I am. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the other things aside, you know, the guilt for not being able to help other people, the guilt for not taking enough actions to help myself, like that is all a separate matter that we're really familiar with. But it is hard when you do, you just feel guilty for existing and you feel guilty for having the brain that you have. And yeah. you're right. Like when I, when I call myself self-absorbed and selfish and weak and all that shit, it does kind of take away the guilt for a second. But it doesn't work in the long run. No. When when you were talking, I was thinking um, that is probably the main reason why I have had such trouble being vulnerable in general, because I, that's what I feel like is if I am vulnerable, then I have to admit these things and just lay these burdens on people. And yeah, they don't need that. That's <laughs> they the don't thing. want my shit. I, I recorded an audio journal, too, that I'm not going to share because there's a lot of crying and long pauses. <laughs> but... <Okay. laughs> but <laughs> One of the things I was I was kind of talking myself through what would happen if I did reach out to someone and I was vulnerable and I said, OK, mm -hmm. well, first I have to actually send the text. They have to stop what they're doing and read the text. Then they have to decide if they're going you to, have to make sure they understand not to call the police on yeah. you and send you to the cycle. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you know all about that. 
Yeah. Well, and that's one thing I am always thinking about, too. I don't want to worry people too much. I want to worry them yeah. enough that they, like, talk to me, but I don't want to worry them so much that they'll get the authorities involved. Yeah, like, they know that you're not just saying, like, I had kind of a bad day, but yeah, yeah. but also not, it's an emergency. So then, let's say they do respond. They have to type out a message, and I know, like, when someone reaches out to me and they're in distress, I'm always worried that I'm saying the wrong thing. Or not saying enough, and so I have to craft mm-hmm. my message carefully. Oh my gosh, And yes. so I'm imagining, okay, I'm putting them through that. And then, best case scenario, let's say they want to come over or something. Like, that, they have to put their whole night on hold and do that. And, like, I'm painting this in a very negative light. <laughs> like, I, I need to put more faith in my friends that they would, like, actually be down to hang with me. And maybe they're feeling shitty, too. Like, mm-hmm. maybe it'll be good for them. But... But that's why I don't reach out and be vulnerable. Yeah. And it just makes things worse. And then when they hear about it, they're like, oh, my God, why didn't you say something? It's like, dude, do you want oh, me to I say know. this all over again? <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I just can't. Uh-huh. It's It just sucks. But I, I have been really good this week. I'll say a few wins, I guess. I have been telling my partner, like, when I don't want to be alone. Like, there were two times this week that... I just knew that I could not be alone. Like I started scratching my mm-hmm. arms almost to the point of like drawing blood. Mm. And I was like, okay, stop, yeah. Christina, stop. Uh, yeah. And then I went out and I was like, you know, hey, I just don't want to be alone right now. And uh, I did that twice this week. Not the scratching part, but like, you know, saying that I didn't want to be alone. And that was really hard and I felt really vulnerable. But it paid off because, you know, I didn't do anything worse and I did feel better. But even pointing out like one of the closest people to you and it was hard to ask Well, and that. not everyone has that, you know, like you're single. I know a lot of people that don't, you know, their partner's not always around. And so in the back of my mind, I'm always like, I don't want to depend on anyone because that person is not always going to be there. This goes along with what you were saying earlier about feeling like everyone's always disappointing you. Weeks like this yeah. really cement that idea in my head yeah (laughs) and that's like the opposite of vulnerability it's just like putting on this shell to protect myself quote unquote Mm -hmm. but you know that's what landed me in the psych ward you know all the other times (laughs) i mean i have other examples where vulnerability helped me a lot but i want to hear what you think yeah i have a really rough time i know when I pretty much project that other people have too much going on. Like, I, I decide that for them. I mean, yeah. like, right now, I would think, like, like, one of the people that I am closest to here, like, if I need so, I mean, she's the one that took care of my animals when I was in the psych ward, oh, you know, so her. I feel like she's one of the top people that's, yeah, that's going to show up for me. But if I was having that rough of a night, I, I wouldn't talk to her right now because I know that her and her boyfriend just bought their first house. They just moved in a bit. She's expecting her first baby in like February. Yeah. I'd be like, no, no, no. This girl has way too much going on now. And speaking of the holidays, everyone has so much going on right now. I feel like it's extra hard this time of year to be vulnerable because I also kind of dismiss it. At least at first I dismissed it as just holiday stress. Mm-hmm. But now I think maybe that might have been a catalyst, but it's not. Like, I've felt like this my whole life. Yeah. And and I told Brett last night, I'm not a mentally well person. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't guarantee that this isn't going to happen again. I don't know. Like, it's, it's scary. And I wrote an essay about suicidal ideation about a year ago where I said, 
it's really scary just not knowing when it's going to hit. Yeah. You know, life can be great and then all of a sudden you just won't want to live. And it's hard for me to convince others to stay alive when they're feeling like that. So like, yeah, it, it's it just sucks. Uh, being vulnerable is really hard when you don't have answers. Yeah. I mean, even when you're in the middle of it, then the same thing. You just don't know, like, is this going to get better? I don't know. Sometimes it does, like tomorrow, sometimes maybe in a year. <laughs> yeah. Like, do I, do I have it in me to, to last that long? Exactly. Real talk. I wanted to talk about, you know, fear of vulnerability, which I feel like we touched on pretty well. But I also wanted to talk about the desire for vulnerability. Yeah. Oh, good one. You know, I crave human connection in whatever form. And we can also touch on vulnerability online versus vulnerability in real life. Absolutely. First of all, I think whatever way that you can be vulnerable is valid. Like even Mm -hmm. if it's just messaging a stranger on Reddit, I always go on subreddits for like mental illness and stuff. And I'm always really encouraged by the amount of strangers that comment and are like, feel free to message me. I see it happen a lot. Aww. It's easier, at least, than it used to be to find support online. I feel like I don't really, uh, I've never really made use of, of Reddit. I know a lot of people do, and I look on it sometimes, but I I think it, maybe I need to find like the little like niche <laughs> areas like you do, because what I feel like is I'm always um, afraid because my experience of, of Reddit is seeing like the horror stories of, you know, like you post something and everyone's like, oh, you're stupid. We hate you. You, you know, go away, idiot. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of, like the response I'm going to get. That's a valid fear with vulnerability is that kind of response. Like what if you're vulnerable mm-hmm. and then it just gets thrown back in your face? Like that's happened to me before too. I know it's happened to you. On the other hand, I do like the idea of um, vulnerability online because I think it's enticing because I feel like you're better able to control it. Totally. You can decide how many people see what you say. You can decide who does, what you put out, when you put it out. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels very, yeah, like I can control my vulnerability. I will say that trying to be vulnerable in real life this week has been really hard because I can't control my thoughts and my words as well when I'm super depressed and crying and I have brain fog. And so it's hard to articulate exactly what I'm experiencing, which is why I tend to write down what I'm feeling or make a podcast about it. (laughs) Um, So yeah, online is great for that. I think Mm -hmm. everyone is craving connection. Absolutely. I think relationships, whether they're in real life or virtual, I think they're real regardless. Um, I think relationships are impossible without vulnerability to some extent. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, an actual relationship like versus someone is an acquaintance. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even acquaintances. I don't know. I, I definitely do guard myself with people that I just met. But once I decide to be vulnerable with someone, like once I decide to take it to that next level, that's definitely a gamble. And the desire for it has to be stronger than the fear. Yeah. You said like even acquaintances, acquaintances, (sighs) there's some vulnerability. Because what I was thinking of like where I would be least vulnerable is work relationships. Oh, totally. That makes sense because you kind of have to be guarded. We talked about it yeah, they don't need to know everything. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I don't want them to know a lot of things. I'm not sure that would work in my favor. That is the scary part of vulnerability is if you are vulnerable at the wrong place or time, 
Mm-hmm. And I hate even saying that because is there a wrong place or time? But I, I, I'm just going to say, yes, I think there is. Yeah. Like, I don't want to encourage people, like, be more guarded. But, but yeah, I agree. <laughs> this is going to be an episode for absolutely terrible advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything sucks. No one's going to help you be more guarded. Bye. (laughs) Don't talk to people. They're all going to hurt you. (laughs) Well, speaking of hurt, um, along with the desire for vulnerability, I also wrote a note that says pain from vulnerability. What experiences have you had looking over your life? Are there times where you were vulnerable and you got hurt? I mean, the, the thing I think of the most is like people that I've maybe been close to and have apparently not really valued that relationship. You know, if I feel like I put the, the time and effort into it, you know, I, I can't specifically think of a time like being burned by it so much as I maybe felt close to someone and that gave me an opportunity be, to be vulnerable when I wouldn't normally. And it just seemed to take them nothing to just like throw that friendship away. And I was like, wow, why did I do that? Oh my god. I I was like crying last night thinking about all of the friends that I've had over the years that were super close to me. And, you know, I moved away or they moved away. Mm -hmm. And now I barely talk to them. And it just hurts so much. Yeah, it just it hurt me when you even brought up that. So I was like, Oh, my God, I felt that so much. I know. I mean, sometimes you said burned out. I I think it hurts more sometimes when it doesn't explode. But when it just kind of fizzles out, it makes you feel even less important to them. Yeah. (laughs) And that that isn't to say that people don't have valid reasons, or maybe they're not even aware it's happening. Like people are busy, people have lives. I'm gonna try not to make too many excuses in this episode. But like, it's the reality like sometimes things yeah and for no reason just because life yeah I think the the important distinction is like this is just like my my reaction and my feelings yeah it's yeah. not necessarily what the person was thinking but I know yeah in a situation like that then it just makes me feel like I put oh <laughs> the, the perfect example is um <clears throat> I love hearing your brain work in real time. <laughs> I know. So, so my one good friend that I was talking about earlier that, you know, I said it has all the stuff going on in her life. Yeah. I, I always remember her telling me that she said, you know, she had two really close friends from high school and college, you know, and I, I did meet her in a treatment setting. So I think it was, you know, like something she was talking about, like the, the really hard things going on in her life. And she needed this person who had been a close friend for years and years to kind of be there for her. And her friend wasn't really, you know, like showing up. And I think, you know, she said something to that effect. And the friend just said, I don't think we're as close as you think we are. That's my worst nightmare. I know. That's what I always think people are thinking about me. Exactly. That's why I was like, that is the feeling I get. If I put so much effort into a relationship and then they just drift away, I'm just like, oh, I thought we were close. I guess That makes me want to cry because I feel like that's every relationship (laughs) in my life. No, me too. But it's it's the anxiety talking, I think. And the, like, I think mental illness does cloud your judgment. Because this is what I'm saying. That girl specifically said that to her. That doesn't mean I think that. Yeah, it does not mean that everybody that drifted away necessarily thought that about me. It's just how it feels on my end. Totally. You know, in the moment when I was thinking about these friendships, I was thinking like, they just don't want to talk to me anymore. They're probably relieved that I'm finally out of their life and Mm -hmm. like that they don't have to deal with me anymore. And then I just think like, were all those happy memories I have with them and all those moments of connection, like how real was that? I think that's the worst thing that my depression does is that it 
it makes me not be able to trust my memories or myself. I mean, myself is That's a good call. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's like, what, how much of this is real? Because people consistently disappoint me. Like, that is a pattern. But how much of it is my fault? And there I am, like, you know, providing more guilt fodder. And Mm -hmm. how much of it is just (laughs) life happens. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm always the one that gets screwed over, but I try to think of it. I'm like, there's probably some people that, especially having really deep depression (laughs) times, I'm like, I'm sure I have let the ball drop. And there might be some people on the other end thinking like, oh, well, I guess she's not really that invested in this friendship. Okay. That's another thing, though, is, yeah, when I am putting on that armor and not being vulnerable... I do drive people away. That's just a fact. When you put Mm -hmm. less effort into relationships and you don't reach out consistently, maybe they think you don't think of them as that kind of support. And maybe they were willing at one time and now they're just like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a cycle. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So how do you continue to be vulnerable with people in your life when you constantly are disappointed and you constantly do face difficulties in being vulnerable? I mean, for me, it feels like it just has to be a spur of the moment thing because, yeah, there have been so many times and it starts to feel like a pattern, like you're always going to get rejected. And sometimes I just feel like I have to like walk blindly with, you know, like with my eyes squint shut and just like my hands flailing around the room like, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Looking for that vulnerability. Uh, yeah. I'm going to throw net. this out here. <laughs> I mean, this podcast has helped me a lot realize that Maybe we don't have any encouragement to offer. Maybe we don't feel like things are going too well for us, but people can relate. Yeah, we we hear it all the time. We which... hear it all the time. You all have been so vulnerable with us and that mm-hmm. has helped tremendously. And so that's kind of been helping me be vulnerable more is just thinking like, who can benefit from this? Yeah. <laughs> like maybe, I, I know people feel the same way. I know mm-hmm. they do. It's just a matter of starting the conversation, which requires vulnerability. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's just hard to, to find that, that desire sometimes. Yeah, or to jump off and take that risk and put it out there. Yeah. Because like you said, well, being vulnerable a lot of times invites someone else to, and then you get that connection, but one has to do it first. <laughs> exactly. I did want to talk about some ways that we have been vulnerable and also some ways that we want to be more, more vulnerable in the mm-hmm. future. I, I think like you have helped me to be more vulnerable a lot. Just the fact that we show up here weekly and mm-hmm. talk about these things. Like, I'm not going to lie. This, this is one of those weeks that if I was still recording by myself, I probably would have skipped. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I just don't want to talk about this stuff. It's hard. It's vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) And there have been, I feel like more recently, yeah, I've I've had a few weeks where first I've been beating myself up. Like in the beginning, I felt like I came like super prepared and putting a lot of energy into the episodes. And I've had a few where I'm just kind of like, the best I can do is just show up. And I thought that too, as I was like, oh, I get it. When you've said that, like if I was doing it alone, that would be a week where I'd just be like, I can't. Yeah. Sorry, I don't have it in me. Yeah, I literally have a framed print on my desk at work that says, just show up. Mm, I love it. 
shout out to my friend Connor from Seattle. He was on like three episodes, I want to say. I feel like I heard one. (laughs) So last year when I did the Hot and Spicy Pickle Awards, I gave Mm -hmm. him the award of uh, best unofficial (laughs) co-host. Aww. (laughs) This was before, you know, you got involved in the podcast and everything. Right. But um, he's actually one of those friends that like, you know, I haven't heard from recently and I really miss you know, living five minutes away from him and just being able to talk all the time. And so now that we're on other ends of the country, I get really, really sad when we don't talk as much. And, you know, there's a a lot of friends that I have this with, I feel like, but I don't even know what I was talking about. (laughs) No, yeah, it seems like it's it's just, I don't know, just feeling like sad when relationships change and you didn't necessarily want them to or... It wasn't really up to you. It just changed. So what if you're you're used to being vulnerable with one person mm-hmm. and that person is suddenly unavailable for whatever reason? Yeah. What the fuck do you do? God, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this is... Uh, it's funny that the same person keeps coming up because this, you know, is the, the friend that I have already mentioned a couple times. Like, I mean, we felt like soulmates. And then, you know, she she got her, her boyfriend and they got married and, you know, now she's having a kid with him. And it just, it feels like the soulmate hole that, that we were filling for each other, there's so much else in her life filling it right now that mm-hmm. she's just kind of, that I just, to her, all she needs is someone that every once in a while is like, oh, I want to go out and do something with one of my girlfriends. I think for me, when I think about situations like that, I kind of think of the other person as like a jar, an empty jar. And Mm -hmm. I am a ball in that jar. And when they meet other people and start forming other close relationships, I kind of imagine that the jar shrinks and that they like have to take me out of the jar to make room for the other person. But I think in reality, what what happens at least a lot of the time is the jar gets bigger, you know, and and they add more and they're not losing you. They're just adding more. But my depression doesn't allow me to see it that way. And again, that's not always the case, but that's kind of the picture I have right now. But it's funny when you started, um, just when you said the word jar, that I pictured my my own metaphor, which is not quite the same, but I was seeing everybody with jars that are the same size. And you also have kind of like the matter in those jars to work with. And at one point, her and I, you know, we just had each other. And so it was like, all of my stuff got dumped into her jar to fill it up. All of hers got dumped into mine to fill it up. And now that she has so much else, then she just has like an inch at the top. And, you know, like I can dump mine in there to fill it up for her. But she just has that little inch to give me and mine's empty. You know, the concept, uh, uh, the spoon analogy. Yes. The spoons represent your energy. Kind of like a unit of energy. Yeah, exactly. You only have so and many. You, you only have so <laughs> many spoons. And that applies to everybody. Yeah. And, you know, when you do have kids and a husband and like a life and all that stuff, like... Yeah. And that's not to say that... You it's can't... not blaming her. It's saying, like, she only has one spoon to give me. And I'm like, but I have 12 bowls of soup to eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You are, like, killing it with the zingers today. Yeah. I, I do enjoy metaphors, I've learned. <laughs> oh, I love them. They help me get through life. Although this metaphor is sounding kind of dangerously similar to the metaphor that I learned in church about saving your virginity for marriage. Oh, And how okay. like, every person you have sex with, like, leaves a little bit of them on yeah. you. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, the person you're going to end up with forever doesn't want to be with you if you have all this... Matt, you've this... given away so much. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Accidentally triggering myself. Luckily. That's all right. <laughs> I, I don't believe that at all. That no, me not... neither. It, it just popped into my brain. I can't control it. Um, <laughs> but back to vulnerability. Oh, we were going to talk about, like, ways we've been vulnerable and ways we're going to try to be more vulnerable. Yeah. This is an example that I've talked about on the podcast so much. I mean, long-term listeners have lived this with me. But when I asked for money to go to treatment in December of 2020, that was probably the most vulnerable I had ever been slash have ever been. Oh, yeah. I've never asked for money. And I I can't imagine because I've thought of it. But yeah, I couldn't I could never make myself do it. It is the hardest thing in the world for me to ask for money, even more than asking for emotional support. Agreed. The reason I did it was that I was just so fucking low and I didn't think I could lose anything else. Mm -hmm. I was like, worst case scenario, nothing happens. And I will just confirm what I already suspect, which is that no one gives a shit. Yes. Oh my but, gosh. You yes. know, it wasn't like that. Everyone showed up in mass for me and mm-hmm. it, it paid off. And so I think about that a lot when I am struggling with vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Just like think of the times that it did pay off. Don't underestimate people. Yeah. And, and it doesn't even have to be that big of an example. Just like me asking my partner to take me with him to the store because I don't want to be alone. Exactly. Or yeah, just saying, can you stay here because I can't be alone right now? It's like not asking huge things. Yesterday, Brett's dad had a birthday dinner at a restaurant and I was supposed Mm -hmm. to go. And I was like struggling with all these thoughts of self-harm and depression. And I I just couldn't go. And so I said, like, I'm sorry, I, I can't. I just can't. And that was very vulnerable for me to say because normally I would just go and suck it up and not be fun to be around. Yeah, I've done that a lot. I get it. (laughs) But um, I am proud of myself for being vulnerable in that moment and just saying like, sorry, I can't go. And everyone understood. They sent me a selfie making like hearts with their hands. Oh, It was so cute. It's too cute. It made me cry like for different reasons. Yeah. (laughs) I stopped crying because I was sad and I started crying because I was like touched. (laughs) But did you stop in between so you understood the difference? I <laughs> so did. Like, Hang on, let me stop my sad crying. Let me start my, <laughs> my <No>. grateful crying. <laughs> I texted Brett in response in all caps, crying. And then I oh. felt like I had to clarify because I had been crying all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, right now, as we talk about vulnerability, I'm sitting with no makeup on, five huge pimples because I've been too depressed to take care of my face for the last few days. I have BO because mm-hmm. I haven't showered. But my nails look amazing. Oh, well, Because good. I did my nails before this, self-care oh. and all that. <laughs> oh, maybe we can do that when you're here. Oh, I'm, some... I'm going to be bringing my nail supplies yes. now that I'm an expert. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you have anything you can think of, like little tiny wins even? Ways you've been vulnerable? Or wait, maybe you don't. That's fine. But like, yeah. how do you want to be more vulnerable? Even just like on the podcast. Ugh. I know. It's, hard, it's icky. It's hard to talk about. But I'm asking anyway because, you know. I know. Because I've had like, as we've been talking about this the past, I don't know, like 10, 20 minutes, then my stomach has just felt like it's got this bowling ball in it because I was like, oh, God, there's, I feel like there's something that I should put out there well not to <laughs> don't create things where there's none like don't feel like oh it's not it's be... something that i've been thinking of anyway me too <laughs> me too <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I'm still silent. I'm like, I guess if I, I can do it really quickly without having to be big and flowery or anything like that. Um, pretty much just kind of realizing and being spurred on by a friend uh, texting me a couple nights ago that she's been doing kind of like an IOP at a place where we both went and, you know, and I get a text from her that's just like, guess whose ass is getting stepped up to res tomorrow? <laughs> and I was honest with her and I'm about to be honest now. I the My answer to her was, oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. Honestly, if my therapist and dietitian had their way, I'd probably be joining you. I keep trying to negotiate. Like, I'd be willing to do an IOP program. And last week, they immediately shut me down, said no one would take you at IOP right now. Uh, that's, that's always fun to hear. Scary. Yeah. It's really scary. I mean, we didn't talk about this on that episode, but like shortly, was it right before you decided to be co-host that you were thinking about treatment? Probably because, yeah, that was the dietitian I've been seeing, you know, she was kind of harping on it for a while. She was really fighting to to get me to like step up to a higher level of care then. And she gave me a grace period while I moved because I said like, I just want to make sure that I get in the new place. Yeah. And I did feel like things did get a little better for a while there. And the last couple of weeks, yeah, I've been trying like not to admit it to myself, of course. Yeah, <laughs> but do. kind of, yeah, but kind of been seeing and, and yeah, and I did start seeing a new therapist and she is good for all the reasons I need, like to not blow any bullshit <laughs> in my ears. Don't you love and hate those therapists? Yes. Yeah, I've, I learned that after the first time I had someone like that. And that's when I always have gone into a new situation. Like, I need someone, you know, I, I want them to, like, be nice, but they also need to be a hard ass. <laughs> For new listeners, like, Lauren was talking about going to treatment when we first started doing this together. And I know that things have been kind of better, but not really. And it's scary to to accept that, that things aren't going well and that you're not doing well. And even then, like now, I was not really on board. I'm just not ready to leave my place, leave my dog, leave yeah. my work. <laughs> I Basically, I feel like most of that, other than the dog, all comes down to money. It's what I'm really saying is I'm not ready to pile on that much more debt. Yeah. I mean, same here. I was really I scared this week with my mental state. I was like, I wish I could just drop everything and go to treatment again like I did before. Because, you know, it was kind of at the tail end of COVID and I didn't really have a steady job. And so it was easier then. And I, I think I realized that mm -hmm. if I didn't do it then, I don't think I would have done it. And so... That's great, right? It worked out. But now I'm like, yeah. damn, my brain is still broken and it's not easy to drop everything and go to treatment, even if you need it. And I fucking hate that. Because I know in general, you know, right now I'm at a place where I, I don't want to anyways, because like I said, I don't want to have to leave my dog all, for all that time or anything. But when it comes down to it, I have thought in my head on the other hand, but what if this was the time that actually worked? And that's when I start to think like, maybe I would consider it. But like I said, then it just gets shut down with, I'm not ready to go into debt like that. I can't. And maybe that is like your vulnerable side trying to get through, 
You know, like maybe there's a part of you that realizes like I need help and I, I can't do it alone. Yeah, it, I think it almost scares me more in the past couple of weeks when I don't immediately shut it down. Like, nope, not even a question. When some part of my brain starts to think, but what if maybe... And that's the beauty of vulnerability. It's messy, it's scary, it's uncomfortable, but without being vulnerable, we would never grow and we would just keep getting worse. Who knows if we would even be alive? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Obviously, like, the point of vulnerability right now is just to talk about it and get it out there. Like, whether you take any actions, like, that's a whole different thing. But I'm proud of you for at least talking about it because I know how hard it is. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and it's just a reminder that we are not perfect and we are fucked up and like you know who knows one of us might go to treatment (laughs) at any point that's a a funny thing in all of my like reasons not to that I've been thinking of recently that was actually the first time that came up I was like oh I don't want to have to take a break from the podcast too I just got like I just got started you're not allowed to use that as an excuse, Lauren. No. <laughs> I think if anything, the podcast should be the least of your concerns because we understand. And it, it, it wouldn't be for long anyways. No. Because we've, ar- we've already proven. Like if I, it had to actually be like a residential s- situation, then as soon as I had like PHP and time at home, I'd be like, we'll find a time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll bitch about what I'm going through now. <laughs> <laughs> I can do this by myself, you know, if, if anyone... It's happened once or twice. <laughs> yeah. You have my support. You have the listener's support, I'm sure. And I just want to thank all you listeners for allowing us to be vulnerable and mm-hmm. for being vulnerable yourselves. Like, you make it so much easier to be brave. Yeah. Like, that's what I said when I made a video thanking people for giving me money once I had met my goal. Yeah, I I said that I said you make it easy to be brave because it it does require courage to be vulnerable. And I don't think a lot of us think that we have that courage. Mm -hmm. Like we've already said a few times, it is that push and pull. So yeah, the fact that our listeners are willing to be vulnerable with us probably makes it easier for us to continue. Yeah, it's it's beautiful, really. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of want a palate cleanser now. Oh God, so do I. Do you? Um, <laughs> if you don't have one, I have an idea. Do you want to hear what my possibility yes. was, and we can decide? Okay, yes. because we've done Mad Libs before. I bought in a used bookstore a lot of years ago. It's called Party Girl Mad Libs. It looks like it's from the '60s. <gasps> okay, we're doing that. We are absolutely doing that. <laughs> okay, let me go grab it. Yes, elevator music. Okay, back. I am so excited. I, I feel like my brain has been through the ringer a few times just making this episode, so I need I need yeah. I need party girl mad libs from the sixties. Yeah, I am definitely going to have to take a picture of the cover. It says party girl adult mad libs, drink recipes, pick up lines, turn down lines, chick checklists, and more. <laughs> My mouth is open so wide right now. Uh, we're going to need to do some in person, too. Oh, yeah. Well, depending on how this goes, I don't think this is the last time we're going to be using this. In addition to pickup lines, what was the other thing you said they have? Turn down lines. <laughs> and and chick, chick checklist, whatever that is. Not, not chic. It's C-H-I-C-K. <laughs> 
I don't even know what that means. I, I have so many questions. Okay. How about the right party look? The right... Oh, this is perfect because I'm going to be going to a lot of social functions in the upcoming week. All right. First, I need an adjective. Fluffy. Okay. Next, I need a celebrity female. Angelina Jolie. <laughs> I feel like that's what you always pick. Is it? Oh, shit. I, I did pick that last time, too. Can I change it? Yes. Winona Ryder. <laughs> well, that's totally different. Um, another adjective. Heartbroken. Oh, um, a part of the body. Boobs. Of course. <laughs> An animal. Cat. No, you know what? Ferret. Let's be unpredictable. All right. Um, a foreign country. Russia. A color. Black. <laughs> a noun. Water bottle, because I'm staring at one. <laughs> and it has the pickles and vodka sticker on it, by the way. Oh, yeah. Sometimes that's what I have to do, too. Like, look around. Yeah. Um, an adverb? Regretfully. Adverbs are always the hardest for me to get. A plural noun? Dominoes. Four adjectives Four in a row. Four adjectives. Okay. Drunk, sloppy, <laughs> tidy, and confused. I see this as a, um, <laughs> as a trajectory. <laughs> that's how my brain is. Um, a plural noun? Um, let's go with lasagnas. Ooh, I'm spelling that wrong. Um, a noun? Phone. And a type of event? Family reunion. Oh, perfect. It's it's topical because that's what I'll, that's the reason I'll be in St. Louis to see you. Okay, so let's hear about the right party look. I'm so excited. We all have that one outfit that makes us feel fluffy <gasps> and makes <laughs> and makes us look like Winona Ryder on her heartbroken day. I could go for that. Yeah, it's probably hot. It's probably sexy, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so- <laughs> Soft hair. Strangers will want to run their boobs through it and, <laughs> and pet it like their favorite ferret. <laughs> Wait, say that last part again. <laughs> Strangers will want to run their boobs through it and pet it like their favorite ferret. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Keep going. Okay, smoky eyes. Makes you look like you come from Russia. Uh, Oh, all right. Yeah. Full black lips make every water bottle in the place want to kiss you regretfully. (laughs) Man, the water bottle was a poor (laughs) choice. Sorry, but I read these ahead. (laughs) Soft hands. Every man wants to be caressed by the soft dominoes of a drunk woman. (laughs) First of all, (coughs) I'm not even vaping. First of all, they used the word soft twice. Your hands and your hair. That's true. And also, why are we assuming that we're doing this for a man? Well, because it's the 60s. Okay, fair. Continue. (laughs) Okay. A short skirt allows for a sloppy imagination and very tidy thoughts. All right. Okay. (laughs) Shapely legs. Bound to make a confused impression on all the leg lasagnas at the party. <laughs> what? I don't even want to ask what a leg lasagna is. Nope. And stilettos can be used as a phone during a family reunion. I'm guessing that's like that shoe phone. <laughs> so, so just to recap. Wait, was that the end? Yes, that's your party girl look. So my party girl look is soft hands, soft hair that people will want to rub their boobs over. Yep. A stilettos. Smoky eyes like you're from Russia. Yep. Short skirt. Black lips. Yep. 
it, it's not something I totally wouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> right? I do wear black lipstick for Soft hands like dominoes. <laughs> I'm trying to moisturize my hands more. Do you get that domino effect? Yes. <laughs> I would be doing uh, the short skirt and the high boots probably more often. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a classic look. That was a great palette cleanser, though. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you one when we're in person. How about that? Okay. That sounds good. Um, uh, I, Sorry. Right as we were recording, I just found out that my brother and sister have COVID. <laughs> Oh, um, I didn't talk about this. That's another reason I'm feeling shitty this week is like basically my whole family is coming down with COVID and we're supposed to have this party on Sunday and then we're supposed to travel next week. And so (laughs) it's just like adding to the the shit. And you probably want to stay away because it'd be nice not to get it again. (laughs) Yeah, everyone in my family is in the same state for the first time and none of us can see each other. It fucking sucks. Like last night when I was feeling shitty, all I wanted to do was like go over and hang out and I I couldn't talk to anyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a palate cleanser that I brought it back to. And then then we turned around and felt bad again. And that's pickles and vodka. (laughs) (laughs) It's us at the top of our game. (laughs) So if you want to cheer us up this week, we're going to be needing it. Yeah. So give us some fun things to answer. Yeah. Give us some fun questions. Look out for our Instagram stories. Again, uh, follow us at pickles and vodka podcast on Instagram. And pickles vodka on Twitter. I will try to stop being so depressed that I post to it again. (laughs) Just follow us. You know, we might not ever post, but it'll boost our self-esteem anyway. Read the backlog. I think it's funny. (laughs) <laughs> it is funny. And then, of course, follow us on Facebook, Pickles and Vodka, a mental health podcast. We post the polls and stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, we have a lot of great conversations. Uh, but yeah, we are so excited to record live next week. And we hope you will be along for the ride. Yeah, it should be fun. All fun. Not some depressing stuff like today. <laughs> yeah, this is the last serious episode of 2022. Yeah. <laughs> next one will be pure fluff. Yep. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>